It is 6 p.m. and you're listening to KBUT Community Radio for the entire Gunnison Valley. My name is Christopher Biddle. I am KBUT's news director and I am sitting on a conference call right now with a new panel for this week's edition of our question and answer session with local officials. We are joined by Ashley Upchurch, the director of the Crested Butte, Mount Crested Butte Chamber of Commerce. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's see if we can get a little bit of turned up on the volume there. Darcy Perkins is our uh, Darcy Perkins is the assistant director for the Ice Lab at Western Colorado University. Hi, Darcy. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. John Messner, Board of County Commissioners. Hi, John. How are you? Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very well. And of course, I am joined uh, by my compatriot, Chris Rourke of the Gunnison Country Times. Thank you so much for joining me again this week, Chris. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, folks, we are coming up on about a month since the first positive case of COVID-19 was discovered in Gunnison County. This is our third question and answer session we've done with local officials. Tonight, we begin what is likely going to be the longest lasting conversation and probably one of the more difficult conversations to come out of the fallout around the COVID-19 crisis. And that is, of course, our local economy Uh, from large to small, rich to poor. Every person, business, organization, government, every industry sector in the United States will feel the pinch or crush might be a a more appropriate word, unless, of course, uh, you own a video conferencing company. Um, We have 10 million unemployed in the past two weeks in the United States. Uh, 106 186,000 calls in a single day to the Colorado Labor Department uh, filing for unemployment. Um, So we are, of course, this word is probably very overused these days. We are in uncharted, unprecedented territory. Uh, And these folks are the ones who will help us uh, hopefully start to dig ourselves out of this economic hole uh, that has been caused by the COVID-19 crisis. Um, so I wanted to just go ahead and pitch it to uh, a couple of uh, pitch it to the folks, Darcy Perkins and John Messner, to explain to us um, some structures that have been brought up to support the community thus far. Um, first, let's let's go ahead and ask Dirk Dar- Darcy to tell us a little bit more about uh, focus groups with different businesses here in the community and um, what the Ice Lab is doing to facilitate those groups. Thanks, Chris. I'd be happy to share. Um, It was three weeks ago today that we had our first subgroup calls. Um, It became very clear to the county commissioners, to the county and to the ICE lab that what was happening uh, through central command with our emergency services in the hospital needed to happen for businesses as well. Ashley uh, and Celeste, the chamber directors, have been instrumental in helping unify communications across the county. And so what we created was a structure. And the point of the structure was to uh, rapidly increase the rate in which we could communicate with business owners and also increase the ability or the ease at which business owners could communicate with um, a task force that our elected officials or people with influence at the state and at the federal level so that they had a unified voice and some power in helping them to create solutions to the problems that we're all facing. And so these subgroups have been meeting for the last three weeks. We now have nine subgroups. Um, And I think the structure has been helpful to business owners. And and I had almost had a little bit of a slip of the tongue when I introduced them. I almost called them support groups. Um, and I think that that actually might apply. Can you tell us a little bit about what businesses are getting out of these meetings in these groups? What, what, what goes on at these meetings? So um, really what has been uh, incredibly enjoyable for me to see and watch is that these subgroups are being owned and led by the business owners themselves. And so the first week I would say, uh, it was like, what are these subgroups and why do we wanna join them? And um, it was all about organizing a structure. The second week, it there were transitions, both in our morale and in the details. So um, 
the support groups took on um, the ownership of creating and setting a tone for their industry. Um, and I would say that every industry has come out of this with um, the ability to think creatively and the ability to take ownership of the situation. Um, and then this week, uh, obviously we haven't had them all. We have five more calls tomorrow and we had four today. It's the first time there's been more forward thinking, okay, what do we need to do and what do we need to know before we can reopen? We may not know when we're going to reopen, but when we can, the businesses are going to be ready. So um, it's, it's been difficult for everyone, whether you own a business or not, but these subgroups are really uh, creating an, a, a very healthy environment for businesses to leap forward when it's time. Great. Well, thank you for telling us about that. And I just wanted to mention that you can go to um, gunnisoncounty.org forward slash COVID-19. And that's where you can actually find out about uh, signing up for the subgroups as well. And a lot of the resources that we're going to be talking about on today's show are going to be up on that website, gunnisoncounty.org forward slash COVID-19. Um, of course, we will mention any other links that we can send folks to. Um, by the way, I should mention that we are accepting questions during this next hour. Uh, you can go to KB, excuse me, you can go to Facebook and find us. Uh, we've got a new Facebook group page to coincide with this show. It's called KBUT News COVID-19 in the Gunnison Valley. You can also email news at KBUT.org. And we do have um, a phone operator standing by 970-349-7444 if you'd like to uh, ask a question that way. So the other side of this structure that has already been um, established here to assist with economic support uh, in the fallout of COVID-19, besides these subgroups, um, is a task force of which John Messner is the Gunnison County Board of uh, Board of County Commissioners representative. I, I hope that's an accurate way to describe. Uh, I don't know if there's other commissioners that are sitting on it, but I know that John is sitting on that board or on, in that group, that task force. And I was hoping, John, if you could sort of just tell us about uh, the economic task force and what you're doing. Uh, sure, happy to. Thanks, Chris. Um, and I think Darcy did a great job of kind of explaining uh, the structure that was created and the need to, to develop that structure. Because I think one of the things that became really clear is that while there is no question that there is a um, public health crisis that we're having to address, um, there's also an economic crisis that is part of this situation and is needs to be addressed as urgently uh, and with as much effort as the public health crisis that we're seeing. Um, I give a ton of credit to uh, Darcy and David at the ICE Lab, Ashley and Celeste from the Chambers of Commerce and the other um, industry group leaders that have stepped up to um, really take ownership and res responsibility for organizing each other, for supporting each other, for being forward thinking and creative and entrepreneurial in their approach to addressing this situation, um, because this is not going to be a situation that government is going to solve alone. This is a situation that we're go it's going to take all of us together uh, to be able to you know, overcome, develop relief and recover um, over the next weeks and months. But um, the, <clears throat> The economic task force you know, uh, group is the group that the industry subgroups feed to. So this is a bottom-up model so that the information for these industry subgroups are really, um, or the information for the, uh, the task force is really developed by the industry subgroups. And so the information, the questions um, the challenges the different industries are facing are really brought up to uh, this, uh, this economic uh, crisis task force that is comprised of elected officials, um, professionals um, from uh, around the county. We've got it broken down in a hub and spoke model to include um, a federal uh, subgroup, a state and regional subgroup, a county subgroup, a municipal subgroup, and a private slash utility subgroup. And these subgroups are really designed to kind of break down the different um, silos that 
resources may be available from and be able to answer specific questions um, or develop specific policies that the industry subgroups are requesting and think would be helpful as, as they look towards um, you know, different relief recovery um, uh, suggestions that they may have. And so that's kind of the structure of it. Um, and I would like now to uh, send it over to Ashley Upchurch. Ashley Upchurch is the director of the Crested Butte, Mount Crested Butte Chamber of Commerce. And Ashley, I'd like to ask you what you are hearing from businesses uh, right now. What is the current situation that they find themselves in? Uh, that might sound like an obvious question, but uh, I would like to sort of, you know, hear maybe some some stories or uh, just tell us a little bit about what folks are really coping with on the ground right now. Sure, Chris. Uh, I'm hearing, as you would imagine, desperation, first and foremost, from basically all of the industries. But I also want to point out the creativity and the hopefulness that I'm hearing from so many. Uh, people are really finding different and unique ways to still cover all of the overhead uh, that our businesses are, are facing for the next foreseeable future, really. We, have, we don't know when they're going to be able to open up again. And it's amazing what, what they have come, the ways that they've come up with anything from just the obvious of offering gift cards online, which is really what everybody should be doing. Um, and I have resources available for any businesses that are interested in how to get, how to get that up and running. But I also see businesses holding sales on Instagram and Facebook and Candace over at Calico Queen Tattoo is <clears throat> hiding Easter eggs all over the valley for people to find. And then you get, you, you win a gift card or something from, from the shop. So things to keep engaging your membership or not your membership, but your, um, your customers, your customer base. So it's just really important that our businesses don't give up hope. There is, we will get through this. We will. And, and it's really important that they keep engaging that customer base, even when they can't necessarily operate. Yeah. And I love, and I love your mention of the fact of the cre uh, creativity that you're seeing in businesses. And in fact, I'd actually like to um, ask folks that are out there in listener land. Uh, it would be great to start to collect stories of uh, different creativity uh, being used in businesses these days. Head on over to our Facebook page and let us know maybe what your business is doing. That's totally different. Or if you've seen a business that you think is doing something really neat, um, and interesting and fun. Uh, you can leave that at our Facebook page. I guess you could always send that to news at kbut.org as well. Um, but we're really trying to get our conversation going on the Facebook page. So that's where I'm encouraging folks to go. Ashley, I'd like to ask you another question. How long can businesses go before they need to cancel for good? Um, there are folks that are closed. And I mean, are they on a, in a situation where the money that they have for rent is going to run out in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Can you give us a picture? I know that that's probably different for a lot of different businesses, um, but what are folks up against? Yeah, that's really an, an ind on an individual basis. My hope is that they can all make it. My intention is that I pull every business through this. We do, not me, but we as, a, as this whole structure in, ensure that every business can make it through however long we have to make it. I know the chamber today had a real serious conversation about our budget to make sure that we can survive the next year. I think every business should honestly be looking forward months, not just weeks, but how can you, what, where can you cut costs and what can you do to make sure you're, you're set through the summer and possibly into the fall? Cause we really, we don't know how long this, this is gonna last. Sure. Um, and so I wanted to talk now, actually, um, as we speak, the uh, Crescent Butte Town Council is watching a presentation right now on a recovery plan um, who that is uh, a, a, a team effort through uh, the towns of Crested Butte, Mount Crested Butte, the county, uh, also the Ice Lab, the One Valley Leadership Group. Um, and this is sort of, you know, a question for all um, there, I was wondering maybe if uh, somebody might describe sort of the recovery plan um, support for individuals we see here is being led by the Community Foundation and the Community Health 
coalition. Um, and there are a, another support group, of course, being led by the ICE Lab. This recovery plan says it takes about, uh, will take long-term recovery, could be up to one to two years. Um, that's, it's, this is going to be a loaded question, but why one to two years? What goes into those one to two years? How does that actually time out? Uh, and, and, and describe it, you know, a little bit more of what goes into that recovery plan. Um, so I suppose that's an open question for anybody, if anybody wanted to, uh, pipe up about that. Thanks guys. I can jump on that. Um, so when we started this, uh, our goals were clearly to address this on, uh, a number of different levels. So we knew that there was immediate needs. We knew that there was going to be short-term needs and we knew that there was going to be long-term needs. And so uh, what the Economic Crisis Task Force has really been focusing on is how do we address the immediate needs and the short-term needs of our businesses, our employers, and our employees um, throughout Gunnison County. Um, The One Valley Leadership Council, which is comprised of uh, all the municipalities, the county, uh, the Community Foundation, the Housing Authority, Western Colorado University, um, and others, is looking at developing a facilitated resource to plan for that that long-term recovery because that's not something that you can shoot from the hip on and certainly we don't know exactly what that looks like one or two years from now or how we do that but certainly having a a a a different type of structure in place than you know what we've got developed now with our economic crisis task force is really an incident command style um, structure but as we look long term as far as how we make sure we sustain our economy um, throughout the next year or two you know as we're able to adapt and evolve through whatever that environment looks like over the next year or two um, that's what the one valley leadership council is looking at trying to develop a structure for and so i think that's what the council and crestabute is hearing about tonight there's uh, additional talks that'll be going on through the valley as far as you know working through um, you know what will work what won't work what are some challenges what are things that we need to be thinking about how do we adapt to the environment as it moves forward when if you had to, to uh, come up with a time frame when do you think uh, this community is able to market itself as a tourist destination again I mean, right now that's an impossible question. And so I think what we're looking at, and I think there's a great article that's out there. And I was talking to some of the industry subgroups about this today. It was something that Joni Reynolds, our public health director talked about at the Board of County Commissioner meeting um, last Thursday. Um, But it's, you know, it's called the hammer and the dance, right? And so, you know, what we're looking at here from a, you know, epidemiological, I'm not going to say that word right, so I'm not going to try to say it. So, you know, what we're looking at from a, you know, a COVID-19 situation here, you know, is trying to flatten the curve. And everyone's heard the term flatten the curve. And so um, what, what that is, is that's the hammer. So what are the steps that we need to put in place as a community, you know, as a state, as a country, in order to be able to, you know, put the hammer down, in order to be able to flatten that curve, in order to be able to reduce the amount of infections in order to be able to preserve the capacity of our healthcare systems and minimize the amount uh, of uh, impact that we're going to see, you know, for in our community from a life health safety standpoint, you know, as we implement those hammers in order to flatten that curve, you know, at some point, because I know that we're doing a great job at this, we're going to get to, you know, the downward stages of that curve and we're going to get into a point where we're going to be in the dance. And so the dance portion of it is where we've got the number of cases that have gone down to a point that um, that doesn't mean that there's no cases going on, you know, within our community, that there's not any cases going on through the state. And so we have to continue to be diligent through this dance stage in order to be able to ensure that we don't see another significant spike at some point in the future that would require us to implement the same public health orders that you're seeing right now. And so that, that dance portion of it is gonna require, you know, significantly more testing than we've got right now. It's gonna require ideally community-wide testing. It's ideally gonna you know, involve um, some good quality treatment protocols. 
And at some point in the future, it's going to, you know, require a vaccine. But, you know, no one has the crystal ball right now to determine, you know, when these different things come into play. What we do have control over right now is how we're dealing with the next few weeks. And so um, that's the hammer. We're in the hammer stage. We'll get into that dance stage. We'll start talking about what are the things that we need as far as starting to step ourselves out of that and continue to move forward to a point where we can come back to some semblance of normal. But um, I don't think uh, anyone in the world right now can give you an answer to that question. Um, so, and I wanted to mention one of the goals in this recovery plan that we've been talking about um, is to have a sustainable economy and community. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of detail of exactly what that what that means, and I was wondering if um, you know either Darcy or John would be willing to tell us a little bit more about what that means, why that's a goal, a quote quote unquote sustainable economy and community. Well, when, I think when you hear that terminology, that's the dance, right? And so how do we get into that dance where we can continue to sustain our businesses and sustain our livelihoods uh, and still be able to adapt to a situation that is uncertain, you know, outside of our community, outside of our state? And so, um, you know, that's, that's the sustainability of it. And also, how do we look long term, you know, just like we would you know, during a significant recession, you know, phase in our country to put programs and support systems in place in order to be able to sustain, you know, all the different businesses that we have within the community, um, you know, moving forward through the next, you know, year or two, because this isn't going to be, you know, a steep drop, and then we're just going to climb right back up of it, uh, up from it, and three months from now, everything's going to be just the way it was. Um, that is not the way that this is going to happen. I, I try to be honest with myself. And so I want to be honest with the community that it's not something that will just, you know, fix itself in a couple of months and everything will be exactly the same. Sure. And so as we go through that, that dance phase and hopefully technology catches up, hopefully our treatments catch up, hopefully our uh, testing catches up and hopefully we get a vaccine, that becomes the time where we start to climb up into uh, a different reality. Um, uh, and I wanted to send this now to uh, Darcy Perkins. This is specifically a question for you because it relates to businesses uh, and business support is sort of being led by the ICE lab, according to this recovery plan. Uh, there is a, a statement in here where we talk about addressing financial strain on businesses. Uh, what does that mean right now and how does that change? And also Darcy, I just wanted to say if, before you start, just if we could ask you to speak up a little bit, we're, we're coming up against the limit of our technical, uh, uh, we want to make sure that we hear you is what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, tell us about that. What do you mean by address financial strain on businesses? Uh, tell me if you need me louder, but, um, so right now I think the best the answer to that right now is the opportunities to get loans and do this, what John mentioned, he said there's an immediate fix, a short-term fix, and then long-term fixes. So our calls today, we have had Nancy Murphy on some of our subgroup calls today, and it's been recorded. She has explained the five loan programs and how to apply. Uh, we've been getting information uh, from banks and trying to help business owners know where to go. It's, it's been an ever moving target. Things are changing by the hour. Um, so right now it's, it's um, the immediate needs for cash. Really cash flow is really important to businesses right now. And then um, as we move out of that phase, um, we're talking about looking at providing maybe seminars. We have uh, partnerships with the SBDC that can provide financial um, consulting. David Assad is a finance um, guru at the ICE Lab, and uh, he may be able to help some businesses look at their finances. But um, right now, I think, like Ashley said, every business is individual. It just like you and I are different, and our finances are different. But businesses can keep an eye on that cash flow right now and find ways to um, keep cash as 
as best as possible. That's going to be really important for the long term and, and what businesses need from us to help them do that. We will uh, hear from them and then find the resources. And uh, I think that that uh, relates to a question that Chris Rourke, editor of the Gunnison Country Times, who is on the call, we haven't heard from in a little bit, but she, I believe she, Chris had a question that's related to that about getting cash to businesses right now. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Um, Ashley, I'm glad you brought up cash. And this question is going to be a lengthy one. Uh, John, perhaps it would be best for you to take it first, and then I'd like to hear from Darcy and Ashley, but um, you know, you're talking about the hammer being the next few weeks, and then we get to the dance, and addressing that strain, that financial strain on businesses, like Darcy said, is going to take cash. We've seen examples of communities throughout Colorado that have actually put up dollars to assist local businesses and even residents, and the idea of these funds is that it's supposed to be a stopgap before other resources kick in. You know, we have loan programs, we have, you know, state and federal resources that are going to come in down the line, but God knows how long it takes. So is Gunnison County considering putting up any kind of emergency fund, any kind of funding for businesses, like we've seen in, say, um, Eagle County's put up $1.15 million to help its people. Breckenridge put up a million dollars. So is the county talking about this? And Darcy, are you hearing this in the subgroups? Are, are business owners asking for this? Yeah, I could jump on that. I mean, I think that um, the answer is yes. I think that, um, you know, you had asked this question um, a while back and there has been an analysis done um, and continues to be an analysis done to develop you know, what potential resources are available within the county budget in order to be able to uh, potentially offer a meaningful um, stopgap economic uh, opportunity for struggling businesses as they uh, wait to receive some of the state and federal funds, which legitimately, as we you know, have been hearing in the different industry groups over the last few days, you know, is not going particularly smoothly. And so the rollout of the PPP program, the personal payroll protection program was, um, you know, certainly challenging for a lot of businesses. It was probably rolled out by the federal government about a week before they were prepared to roll it out. And so there's all kinds of problems and kinks um, involved with that. Uh, the folks that jumped on the first round of funding from uh, the federal government through the SBA um, disaster loans have not received that funding as of yet. Um, that doesn't mean that it's not processed. I think that that application process started 10 days or uh, a little longer ago. Um, and so hopefully folks are starting to see that, but um, understanding that the finance department uh, within Gunnison County uh, has been completely and totally immersed within the public health incident command in order to ensure that finances are being tracked um, through the logistics and planning phases of the public health crisis so that when uh, there is federal funding available to um, support local businesses and recovering some of those, those costs uh, that we would have the correct finance structure and paperwork put together for that over the last few days there's been an analysis done to see what resources could potentially be available um, for um, stopgap funding and so the board of county commissioners will actually have a meeting and discuss this tomorrow i think uh, some of the other municipalities uh, within gunnison county in which you know a significant portion of these businesses reside are also looking at potential options as far as supporting short-term businesses within Gunnison County. Um, and so, you know, hopefully rapidly here in the next, uh, you know, few days to a week, we may see something uh, be able to be um, rolled out for that. Sorry, I was muted. A Ashley, are you hearing this uh, from businesses? And, and uh, Darcy, are you hearing this in the subgroups? Chris, it's definitely something that our, our businesses would uh, greatly appreciate. And honestly, it's something I think they need. 
uh, from just about day three after the first order came out, I started contacting all of our municipalities and asking them that if, if this was a possibility. So it's, it's on their radars. It is being advocated for by the chambers. Uh, we're looking at any, any avenues of financial aid that we can offer our businesses. And Darcy, has this come up in any of the subgroups? Yes, and uh, John and Ashley, we've all been in these groups. I, I think uh, they've done a great job of sharing. Um, of course, uh, our businesses need all the help that they can get. Our people need all the help that they can get. Um, our country is going to need all the help that it can get. Um, we have to do everything we can, um, but our governments, as John said, aren't gonna be able to pull us out of this alone. So we have to be innovative and businesses have to think creatively and reinvent themselves and, and be flexible. So, and they know that and they're, they're doing that. So um, I, I just, I don't wanna give the false sense that if we roll out every penny we have that it could fix it all. We have to, we have to work together to be creative and innovative and, and change the way we operate in addition to doing everything we can to support them. Sure. And and John, I have another question in in relative to, you know, helping businesses have some relief. Um, there's been talk, you know, statewide about tax deferrals, tax relief, uh, tax rebates, things of that nature. Would Gunnison County consider that? And you know, I realize you have to keep the lights on too, but would Gunnison County consider perhaps cutting certain services so that money could be available? So, I mean, as far as tax deferrals go, I mean, counties are statutory counties. And so for a lot of those decisions, we have to have authority from the state of Colorado to be able to do that. So you did see uh, the Gunnison County treasurer um, uh, defer um, and shift some of the deadlines for um, property tax collections because the state uh, through the governor's office in an executive order created that authority. Uh, just a couple of days ago, um, there was an additional authority to um, address, uh, I believe, sales tax and property tax uh, deadlines again. And so that's something that you know we'll be looking at as well. But um, you know, counties are statutory. Now, municipalities, on the other hand, as home rule municipalities, do have some flexibility as well, as far as looking at um, different ways to um, potentially support businesses through, uh, you know, addressing different taxing mechanisms that they utilize. Um, but um, I don't think that's the only tool. I don't think that's the tool that. Um, you know, fixes things. I think it's a it's another tool in the toolbox as we look at a multi-tool and a multi-layered approach as far as how we're going to support not only employers but employees within the community. Because one of the things uh, that counties do that I think is really important is provide the um, all of the uh, health and human services for the residents within Gunnison County, and a lot of that is you know housing assistance and food assistance and uh, utility assistance. And so making sure that we're also able to provide those services as well. Um, I think that, you know, as we look at, you know, different structures of government and how we're going to support our citizens and still be able to maintain the services um, that the county provides, I think everything is on the table for analysis. And so um, that's the stage that we'll begin in as we look at short-term solutions. Uh, I think that, um, almost all of the county staff right now, at least over the last three weeks, has been immersed in addressing the public health crisis. Uh, and I think that a significant you know, effort will be put over the next upcoming weeks as far as making sure that there are um, you know, also solutions for supporting the employers and employees within Gunnison County. And uh, Chris, did you have any more follow-up questions? Oh, I've got more questions, but um, if, if we need to move on to something else. Well, and I, I actually have a question from a listener that's submitted and we haven't gotten a whole lot of those 
uh, tonight. Well, we haven't gotten to answer a whole lot of those tonight, so I just wanted to make sure we did. And this is somewhat related, and uh, it is also, you know, we may have sort of covered some of this stuff, but I think it's helpful to take a look at what some of the questions that folks have are submitting. So uh, this is a question that says, has there been any thought put into allowing businesses to start to open up before the county is open to visitors come May 1st? Since May is slow already, this would still allow procedures to be in place to help protect customers and staff. The small businesses of the Valley are no less at risk than the essential businesses that are seeing daily traffic. Uh, is, who, who would like to respond to that question? And I can talk to that. Uh, I mean, like we talked about with the hammer and the dance, we're still in the hammer phase of this. And so we are still in a situation where we're seeing community spread. We're still in a situation where we're seeing, um, you know, a public health situation where our friends and neighbors are in jeopardy. Um, and so at this stage, um, you know, we put these public health orders in place in order to ensure that we've got capacity within our uh, healthcare system and that we are uh, taking care of each other as a community to ensure that we're preserving um, life and health. Um, at some point in the future, there will be um, steps taken to step ourselves, you know, out of this. And one option at some point in the future could be to um, look at how we can uh, relax some of the public health orders for local businesses, for local use. Um, but that is not a decision that we're making right now until we continue to work through um, this this hammer stage uh, of the public health crisis. Sure, and uh, because we have Ashley Upchurch here, she has uh, let me know that she has a lit. Well, Ashley, you can go ahead and explain what you wanted to say uh, about businesses that are open and closed right now. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, it started out as an open closed list that I started right around when we got the first orders but it's actually morphed into more than that. It's it's a whole business information hub that is on the county's uh, COVID-19 website. So that covid19.gunnisoncounty.org slash businesses. It's got your open businesses and your closed businesses listed. We'll put anyone on these this list. It's also got, um, let's say a business is just like I said, offering gift cards, we'll include that on there. So anyway, it, it, it's kind of a resource for how to support our local businesses, even though we can't actually go in and shop with them, we can still shop from afar. And I, I would love for the public to know that that's a, that's an or that's a resource for them. But I also just want any businesses to know that if they're not on there, they, um, they, they can easily get on there. All the instructions on how to get on there are on that page itself. They can also contact me as well. Sure. And actually, I just wanted to mention that we've had a couple of responses of people letting us know about some creative things that they've been doing um, or that other businesses are doing. Um, things like a GoFundMe campaign, which I think is actually a really interesting topic we can discuss. Um, you know, how uh, folks are philanthrop philanthropists towards uh, businesses that they love just to support a business that they love during this time. Um, I also like this. This is from a photographer who is uh, doing portraits of people on their front porch during this time, households uh, to document the time. So finding ways to document the time. Uh, I, I think I find that very inter interesting myself as a, you know, a, uh, an arts uh, documentarian person. Uh, so I just thought I'd mention that as well. Um, Darcy, I have a question for you. First of all, and this is maybe a little bit broad, and I hope that this isn't going to be too boring for um, our listeners, but I was wondering if you could just describe to us, not every community has an ice lab. What does the ice lab, what, before COVID-19, what did the ice lab do? So actually the ice lab, um, it's a physical space on campus at Colorado Western University, and it is a co-working space. Um, the ice lab is no longer a part of Western, but it is a building that provides private office space as well as um, co-working space for entrepreneurs and business owners in the Gunnison Valley. Um, the ice lab has very high speed internet and um, people who need to download video or photo quality 
uh, files often use the ice lab, what takes them 30 minutes in the north end of the valley can take three minutes at the ice lab. So um, it, it has been an incredible resource. And I want to acknowledge the members of the ice lab. The help that we receive as volunteers from our friends and our, our colleagues at the ice lab, um, Sam Dagenhard, Kai Hamilton, John LeDuc. Um, I, I'm afraid to even name people because I'll forget somebody. Rose um, Langner has been making masks. The intellect and the amount of community uh, support they have shown to get these subgroups going, create the website. Um, the ICE Lab has become a workhorse for this community. It's not just a physical space. It is a group of individuals who love this place and who work and live here. Well, and so that's kind of what I was getting at. That uh, I, you know, it's it's known for incubation and jumpstarting new businesses, um, but it really seems as though there's been a shift since COVID nineteen to work with uh, already established businesses that are now struggling. Can you explain what that's been like? Well, I should actually. David would be very mad at me if I didn't mention this. We also have an incubator running right now with okay. three brilliant <laughs> new business ideas of local people. All three of the ideas are, are exceptional and the individuals are exceptional. So um, while this has been going on, we have continued to work with the incubator um, and we plan to continue to move forward with our normal programming with accelerators, incubators and business support. Um, so I hope I, I didn't mean to leave that part out. It's no, just I'm a little focused. Yep. Well, and I think that that's actually just an interesting part of the conversation that there was this um, this thing in our county, in our community that wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't designed to assist the community in the fallout of a crisis like this, uh, but it works. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a structure that. Um, can definitely, you know, be made use of. Are there other examples of this going on around that we might, uh, you know, also look at? I mean, is this something that's unique for our community that we have uh, an organization such as the Ice Lab to assist in recovery? You know, uh, that's a really good question. And I'm not certain that I'm I'm all knowing what everybody else is doing. I've been so uh, pinpoint focused on us. But I will say um, I've been participating in a in some uh, statewide calls, and um, they've asked me to share what we're doing here. Other places, Montrose has a co-working space, Grand Junction has a co-working space, but I think what our small community, having such limited resources at the county level, and the fact that the ice lab was administered by TAP was a perfect storm for taking innovation at the ice lab and creating something that was very much needed for the community. And um, I'm going to share what we're doing with the state this week on Wednesday, because um, I'm not sure that this structure is in place anywhere in Colorado. I'm sure everyone's trying to do their best. I don't know what anybody else is doing, but people are interested in learning more about this. Sure. Uh, and I just wanted to take a break and let our listeners know that they're listening to KBUT Community Radio for the entire Gunnison Valley. My name is Christopher Biddle. Uh, I am KBUT's news director, and we are in the midst of our Q&A session with local officials. We're joined right now by Ashley Upchurch, director of the uh, Crested, Butte Gunnison, Crested Butte, Mount Crested Butte Chamber of Commerce, Darcy Perkins, assistant director at the Ice Lab at Western Colorado University, and Board of County Commissioner uh, member John Mesner, as well as uh, Chris Rourke, editor at the Gunnison Country Times. And I believe, Chris Rourke, you actually have a question that you'd like to ask about economic diversity. Sure, Chris. Um, you know, the One Valley Leadership Committee or Council, um, One Valley Prosperity Project, efforts at the ICE Lab have all been looking for, you know, economic diversification over the years. Um, it could be that we have a new normal in the Gunnison Valley after this. Is there a greater sense of urgency to really seek those efforts to diversify the economy away from tourism, you know, in, into a different uh, realm? Is there that a plan, you know, really to get there? Um, I mean, yeah, John, do you want to take that? 
No, go ahead, Darcy. Well, I think that's a really fair question, Chris. And it is something that David and I have been thinking about and working on and tap. Uh, the idea of diversifying our economy has been a main goal of the ICE Lab. And yes, I do think if we can't bring visitors here and the numbers we're accustomed to, we're gonna have to diversify. Um, I think everything is so new and how we change that. There are some things that we've been working on that we're gonna continue to work on. Um, uh, but I can't say that um, everything will stay the same in our direction right now. And I don't know that anybody can answer that. And I'll jump in on that as well, because I do think, um, you know, there is no question that the um, lack of tourism for the foreseeable future is going to make a significant economic impact to an economy that in many ways is based a significant portion of its, uh, uh, of its economy on, on visitors, on tourism. And so, you know, I also do believe in the entrepreneurial spirit of the folks within Gunnison County. I do believe in the innovation and creativity that we have here. I do think that uh, this community over the years has really worked hard at diversification. I mean, it wasn't very long ago that, uh, you know, uh, our economy was based on extractive industries and agriculture and, and it became, you know, focused on tourism and Western Colorado University is in a significant portion of it. So, you know, certainly uh, if you look at the economy as a stool, you want as many legs on that stool as you possibly can in order to create the stability so that if one particular industry falls away, that you still have some stability within that economy. And so I do believe that we'll see, you know, at least over uh, a short period of time here, some um, you know, change and evolution in how we approach our economy and how we approach um, making a living within Gunnison County. But I also am very confident that we will continue to be able to have tourism as a base of our economy. I do believe that we're able to continue to support and see Western Colorado University be an important part of our economy. And I do believe in the entrepreneurs that we see throughout the Valley and in all different industries uh, will get creative and innovative as far as figuring out ways to, uh, you know, kind of become the phoenix out of the fire. Uh, we have a question from a listener here that I think is actually a really interesting one that um, might not have occurred to anybody in this conversation. Are there any indications that some small business owners or artists or entertainers uh, or, you know, I suppose gig workers are making ends meet? Um, are we seeing any, you know, sectors of the community, the local economy uh, that is doing OK or perhaps doing well during this time? Uh, anybody can speak up if they'd like. I'll take that one, Chris. I would say that there are some folks who mm, might be feeling the feeling it a little less than others are. Um, people have to get online at this point. If you, uh, our valley, I think, has been technologically behind the, much of the business community in general and and all of a sudden all of our businesses have a very strong need to get their business online and many of our website design and social media marketing companies are offering some uh, discounts or creative payment options to so they're i'd say they're they're still hurting like we're all gonna hurt but they are doing a they're doing business at least during this there's also some industries that can still function uh, like construction and restaurants to a very minimal level, but they are at least trying to employ people as much as they can. Um, conversely to that, are there specific sectors of the economy that are most at risk? And I think that there's a lot that can come to, to mind there. Um, but well, let's see if we can reframe that question a little bit more. Are there specific risk factors for businesses Um you know, I mean, I guess a small amount of savings would be a, a pretty significant risk factor during this time. But are there any other sort of uh, risk factors that, you know, uh, a, a business uh, should be wary of? Sorry. 
Sorry, I lost my That's okay. button. <laughs> uh, th there's definitely some, in some industries that are hurting more than others. It's interesting to, to see this come out in the subgroups. The lodging community is shut down entirely. They, they, they don't know when they'll be able to function again. Um, the service industry uh, is also shut down completely. If, if you have to be in touch with your customers, like physically in touch with your customers, you can't right now. Um, so the, those industries are definitely struggling the most. I, I, sorry, not the most. We are all struggling. There's everyone has their own issues and, and everyone is going to have a hard time pulling through this. But I would say that the lodging and the service industry that are just completely shut down by the orders are feeling, feeling the crunch and, and struggling to see where, what their, the hope is, like what can they do? And, and again, I think that's where we're lucky to live in a community with so much innovation and creativity because they are finding resources still. I also wanted to mention um, that on that, that docu document that the, we're, we're putting together, the Business Information Hub, there's a column in there for businesses to include a Venmo or a PayPal or a GoFundMe link, any kind of link that you're using to try to raise money for your business. And I got to tell you, I'm getting calls a lot from people out of Valley who want to support our individual businesses and they don't want gift cards for it. They just want to make sure your business survives because they love us. And <laughs> without our businesses, our businesses are the heart and soul of this Valley. And without them, there's nothing for those folks to come back to. So I, I, I strongly encourage any business to one, get online, but also create a GoFundMe or a PayPal and add it to that document so that we can, we can help, help you financially. Sure. And that relates to, well, so it's 6.51 right now. We have about nine minutes left. Um, I'd love to get to a couple more questions, but I wanted to make sure that we do a quick roundtable here to just discuss um, and point folks towards any resources that you'd like um, the community, business owners, individuals to be aware of. Uh, and I actually, I wanted to ask this question first, because this is a question that I, I, I've never, <laughs> I don't know why I've never gotten this question answered. And I've always wondered it being a former ski instructor here um, in Crested Butte. Can I collect unemployment benefits if I have a seasonal job that was supposed to start April 1st? How does seasonal um, seasonal work work with uh, with unemployment benefits right now? Or is that up in the air with the incredibly high amount of unemployment filings that are hitting the state right now? Um, yeah, who can speak to that? Darcy? Um, I've been asking that, well, questions around unemployment and Unfortunately, the answers to unemployment, and John, if you have an answer, you're welcome to jump in, but the unemployment questions have not really been answered yet. Um, that's still a little bit of a, a question mark. And um, as soon as we know, I know Ashley's really working on finding uh, answers to that as well. And the Community Foundation is gonna be helping with that in the future as well. So I'm sorry we can't answer that question. Um, but we hope too soon. Well, that's I file that under one that we still need to answer, and that's quite all right as well. We'd like our questions to keep coming because uh, we're going to continue Chris. to do these series. Yes, go ahead. Uh, may I interrupt? Absolutely. I've been in touch with the, I've been in touch with the state about unemployment numbers, and um, of course, they only have the first week of you know the crisis filings for Gunnison County. Um, statewide, in that first week state numbers jumped 789% or about eight times the week prior. In Gunnison County, it was a lot higher. It was like 1,067% or 10 to 11 times the week prior. Now, of course, unemployment has been really very low in Gunnison County. So to see a jump like that, I suppose, can be expected. But we do have a real situation growing here, as, as everyone knows. So, you know, whatever these subgroups can perhaps do to help businesses figure out that unemployment piece for, you know, their employees, either through paycheck protection or whatever, um, definitely could, could have an impact here. Yeah, I think that, I mean, those numbers are certainly significant. And, you know, I think that there's no question that they will continue to grow 
Um, we're not unique with those numbers by any means. We're going to see that across the state. We're going to see that as across the country. I think that um, guidance and policies are evolving as far as who's eligible, how they're eligible, how much they're eligible. Uh, the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, you know, creates opportunities for loan forgiveness for businesses that utilize uh, the funding mechanisms provided by that program to continue to keep employees employed. Um, and there's other programs. And so there is no question that, you know, Darcy and David and Ashley and everyone that's working uh, with the industry subgroups, as well as with the economic crisis task force is, um, you know, digging deep to try to find the different programs that are available to try to interpret those programs to try to understand what uh, you know what is what is the different opportunities so Chris is not muted over there so I'm here uh, I'm sorry he's, I apologize he's, he's doing a he's doing a zoom faux pas right now but, <laughs> <laughs> well this is what happens you know I mean, we're all getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I mean, this is this is really, uh, you know, there is no question that, you know, un the unemployment issue, the the programs that are available for businesses, you know, employers and employees throughout the valley. I mean, these are these are big, important questions that need to be answered. And uh, I'm incredibly impressed and proud of the folks in the industry subgroups and in the economic task force uh, re really digging in there and trying to provide the best answers that they can in a situation where all the answers aren't available today. Uh, but the dedication to finding those answers through whatever means are available um, you know, has been inspiring. Um, and John, did you have any sort of resources that you'd like to point the community to? Um, I know that Gunnison County has a really strong website with a lot of this information, but, uh, is there anywhere else that you would encourage listeners to go to, to learn more? I'm going to kick that uh, question over to Darcy because she's okay. the one that's really been populating and developing those resources. Yeah, I would say that the website is the first start. That would be the covid19.gunnisoncounty.org. And there's a business resources tab that we've been working on. It is being updated daily. Um, if you're looking for information about SBA loans, it's highly recommended you visit sba.gov um, because it is changing literally by the hour. Um, people who have written summaries, um, even if they're accountants, and if it was written on Friday, it may no longer be valid. So the SBA links, um, sba.gov is, is a really um, uh, most up-to-date. Um, so, and our website has a link to that as well. There are also uh, links that industry industry subgroup leaders are sending me resources they feel are valuable to their subgroups. So each subgroup has their own website and they have been putting really interesting information out there. So um, that's, that's the, I think, uh, first place to go. Uh, and I believe, did, Ashley, did we get everything that you wanted to talk about out of, in terms of resources for businesses? I would love to mention another resource and this is the business resources are that we have been collecting are up on the county's website as well, but we also have a doc that uh, any individual resources that we've been able to find from local all the way up to the federal level are, are on that same doc. So if you go to the covid19.gunnisoncounty.org slash businesses and find the business resource page on that same page there's a second tab specifically for employees and individuals as well great well thank you all so much for joining me this evening for this uh live q a uh, that's essentially what we're calling this series just kbut news covid19 in the gunnison valley live q a with officials we've been joined this week by uh ashley upchurch director of the crested butte mount crested butte chamber of commerce darcy perkins assistant director of the ice lab at western colorado university john messner uh board of county commissioners and of course chris rourke uh editor of 
the Gunnison Country Times. Thank you so much to the four of you for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. My name's Christopher Biddle. Thank you all. Thank you. My name's Christopher Biddle. This is KBUT Community Radio for the entire Gunnison Valley. Uh, We will be posting this shortly on our website, so take a look for that, and we'll also try to post uh, a number of links along with this show. Uh, Coming up next here on KBUT, Bobby's World. Make sure to stick around for that.